Welcome back, you faithful listeners of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. We're going to do a little something different this week. We've decided to re-release a previous episode, episode 21, with Enrique Rubio. He's a founder of Hacking HR, and he's an HR expert. And this podcast, this episode in particular, was extremely valuable. He was able to dig into his past and actually share with us some really great insights and some really great stories, frankly, about that shaped his life and they shaped his decisions and they, they helped him uh, leave his chosen career before and transition into uh, a founder and entrepreneur of a network called Hacking HR, where HR professionals from across the globe congregate, they, they network, they share best practices and resources and ideas. And ultimately, it, it really helps move the needle and improve workplace conditions, improve uh, work atmosphere, improve work morale, everything. It was a great conversation. It was a great episode. And I know you'll enjoy it. So here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach at Professional Presentation Services. And with me today is another special guest. We've been waiting for this one, folks. We've been trying to get him for the last three months. We finally got him nailed down. Enrique Rubio, he is the founder of Hacking HR. Enrique, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me, Ryan. I am excited about the conversation about communications and all things communication. Oh, yeah. Enrique, you're one of my favorite people to follow on LinkedIn. And, and otherwise, you're always posting really helpful, practical, which is important to me, usable material for people in HR and professionals everywhere really benefit from what you're doing. So thank you so much from all of us. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And it's all about uh, sharing content that creates awareness on the one hand, but at the same time that allows people to take action, right? And uh, and th- that we can, so that we can move on from, from awareness into hopefully creating a better world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're doing your part, my friend. I say from all of us, <laughs> you, are, you are doing Thank your part. You. Thank you. So, <laughs> Enrique, for, for those, you know what, you'll, you'll clearly do a better job than I will explaining this. For our listeners out there, what is Hacking HR? How would you describe it? Yeah, we are a global learning community of HR leaders, HR professionals coming together to, well, become more aware, learn, and take action around all things at the intersection of the future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, people, and of course, the impact all of that intersection has in HR and the impact that HR can have in that intersection. We bring all this community together through events, learning programs, a number of different activities that we do. And ultimately, what we're trying to do here is I I believe in the power of HR to create a better world. It's funny because always people say like, wait a second, how do you find a connection between HR, what we do in HR and creating a better world? It's like these two worlds are so separate from each other uh, or separated from each other. And what I say is it's actually... I see differently. And the way I see it is that most of us spend a lot of time at work. And if we have a miserable life at work, most likely we may have a little bit of that misery sort of trickling down into our personal lives. So therefore we may not be as great citizens or as great neighbors or as great 
members of society. Whereas if we have a great experience at work, that can also trickle out to what we do outside in our personal lives. And to have that great experience at work, it has has a lot to, to do and to say. So when I share that creating the greatest HR ever, creating the best HR ever means also creating a better world, what I'm saying is that if we are able to craft amazing experiences for our people at work whom already are spending so much time at work, if we create the best experiences for them when they go out from their offices or from their work into the real world of of life and society, they may be better, again, better citizens, better members of their communities, more involved in the political processes and the social processes that we're going through. And well, hopefully they will have happier lives and not miserable lives coming from miserable work, right? So that's the connection that I see with creating a better HR. And that's what I'm trying to do with Hacking HR. That sounds fantastic. A couple quick follow-up questions. Number one, how long have you been at it? In Hacking HR, we created it at the end of 2017. So it's been almost uh, five years doing this. Uh, exciting journey. I've been in HR for over 10 years. I come from a different world. I come from the world of engineering. So I practiced uh, for a long time engineering before moving to HR. And I was I was kind of bored of doing uh, engineer work. I, I love having that mindset, but I didn't want to just do the technical work. And I found HR and I fell in love with it. And that's what I do now. And in my career in HR, I found that we were doing just not enough, right? We were doing, I think, like 0.0001% of what I thought we could actually do, of what our potential, of what I, what, what, what I thought our potential truly was. And that's why uh, I created the Hacking HR, this Hacking HR community five years ago. That's great. That's a great story. And and how many how many members would you say you have of Hacking HR? thousands you know they get involved in different ways not not every time not everybody gets involved in the same way some people are very active in all of our events and all of our conversations so people are more passive but they still participate it's in the thousands of people you know it's just so hard to measure uh, because we have a membership platform with more than 30,000 members but at the same time we we have our following on social media we have people who are not members they just show up to some things that we do so it's so hard to measure but I know it's it's a pretty significant community around the world. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, Enrique, let's shift to you for a moment. Obviously, you said you started out in engineering. Probably that's what you wanted to get into when you were younger. Was there a switch? Was there an event or something that happened that you decided I'm going to move into, I'm going to transition to HR? Or was it a gradual progression of you realizing the value and the importance and, and your calling in HR? I got fired. <laughs> I worked in a company and I got fired and I, because what happened was, you know, like I was working in that company doing my work as an engineer. And there was a point in time when I, I, I became really bored because I was doing the same thing day in and day out. Right. So I decided to do something on the side. Um, the, the president of the company was a small family company. The president of the company found out and he got really upset and they fired me for that, right? Because I had I was doing something on the side that in no way was impacting my work in that company. And HR didn't do anything. HR didn't stop that. I don't think that was even legal, but I, I try to, I don't fear conflict, but I try to, you know, if, if I don't have to create conflict out of thin air, I, I just don't create it, right? And I was like, you know what? 
this is what I needed. I, I was already on my way out of here either way. So maybe this is the push that I needed to actually make it happen. And working in that company, getting fired with no reason, I, I think that created in me this idea of what is HR? Why is HR behaving this way? Why didn't they say something mm-hmm. about me being fired for no reason at all? So that to me was perhaps a, a big sort of inflection point, if you will, mm-hmm. in my journey from engineering to HR. And being in HR, working in HR, five, six years into it, I realized, you know what, uh, again, we're doing all these things. I mean, we're busy all the time, but that doesn't mean that we're changing the world. That doesn't even mean that we're changing our companies. And when I started doing this, this was before the pandemic and HR had a very, very bad reputation back then. So I was thinking, why is it that we're always busy? We're always doing things. We're always so overwhelmed by everything. And yet our reputation is so poor. Something must be going on here. And that was the other inflection point for me to say, can we do better? Do we have the potential to do things better, have more impact, work differently? And that led me to create Hacking HR. So that those were two inflection points for me to, one, enter into HR over 10 years ago and then create Hacking HR at the end of 2017. And then what would you say is the, the mission or the, the vision you have for Hacking HR? Is there something like an underlying kind of motto or something that you anchor to? I always say that we are here to create the best HR that has ever existed. That's that's the way I define what I'm trying to do with Hacking HR. But I add the caveat that it's not for the sake of HR. I don't want to create the best HR that has ever existed for the sake of just creating a better HR and that's it. I want to create the best HR that has ever existed because I know and I truly believe in this, that if we create the best HR that we have that has ever existed, we're also going to be creating a better world, like I said at the beginning of the conversation. So to me, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal is having a better world, having a better society. And that sounds like something so fluffy, right? I mean, I, everybody wants to have a better world. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I want to do it through HR. Some of the people do it through their work in, I don't know, in politics or in nonprofits or in environmental issues, I do it through the work of HR because we spend, again, so much of our waking hours and our lifetimes doing some kind of work that if we are able to create the best HR ever that provides the best experience ever for those people, the the expectations for them to have a better life outside of work and become better citizens. And that to me has a lot of meaning for, uh, and that's what I want, not only my legacy to be, but the legacy of Hacking HR, to have created a better world through better HR. Right, right. So kind of a, a think macro, act micro type of approach. That is absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Everybody, you know, like whenever you ask somebody, what do you want? I want all, I want all sickness and, and illnesses, you know, to, to go away. I will, yeah, I want that too, but that's, that's not going to happen like that. I mean, go and work and create a vaccine or create the cure for something, right? So you gotta, you, you are thinking macro, you want to, you want to remove that suffering from the world, but it doesn't happen at that level. You have to make it happen at a smaller level, at a micro, at a micro level. And that's what I try to do. And, you know, HR is not that micro because HR, most companies have an HR function. HR is very large, but I think that by impacting HR, by making HR better, we will definitely have a better world. Even if sometimes 
the very people who work in HR don't see the connection between these two things. They don't <laughs> see necessarily the connection between their work and how that creates a better or a worse world, by the way, because if their actions are not positive, you know, if they are not working in the best way, they are doing exactly the opposite of what I'm trying to do, which is, you know, they may be creating a worse world than what we have. So making them believe in the power they have is also part of this journey of creating the best HR that has ever existed. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sounds interesting. You're motivating me right now. I'm sure you're motivating the, the <laughs> listeners as well. Uh, oh, that's good then. <laughs> so Enrique, tell us a little bit. This is, seems like it's a big task. What's your day-to-day like? How do you take progressive steps towards this? Well, bringing people together, I, I think part of creating the best HR that has ever existed, part, part of that uh, sort of goal is bringing people together in community and having them talk to each other and learn from each other and connect with each other. Uh, it's interesting, but sometimes I, I see connections on LinkedIn, people that are work, doing something together that connected through me, through my working hacking HR. And sometimes I say, you know what? If I stopped doing this today, maybe only for that one new connection that exists in the world, maybe for only that, all of this work was worth, worth it. Uh, because what happens is that when you bring people together and they do something better than what they could have done individually, you are, well, not only creating a better HR, but you're also creating a better world. And you may say, yes, but all the problems in the world are so large. How connecting to people will make a difference? Well, I don't know if it's going to make a difference at a global scale, but maybe it's making a difference for a smaller group of people who are becoming better citizens, better members of society and whatnot. So even at that level, to me, that's sort of in my day-to-day work, that's how I see the impact of what we're doing, connecting people, bringing them together, having them talk to each other about the challenges that they are dealing with, and simultaneously having them share the ideas that they are putting forward to resolve those challenges. So that's part of my day-to-day, organizing those events, organizing that community, organizing those conversations. And well, you know, like you said before, on social media, we share a lot of information that is Number one, sort of geared towards making people become more aware about things that they may not be that aware of. But number two, and more importantly, that just becoming aware is for them to say, all right, I'm learning this thing. Now I got to take action about it. We've been sharing recently a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, psychological safety. And it is sort of the twofold objective, right? Number one, for people to understand more about what each of these concepts mean, but at the same time, for them to take action, for them to say, all right, there's something that I can do here in my job to make it a more inclusive, diverse, equitable workplace and to provide more psychological safety. So that's my day-to-day, making that happen via the events, the conversations, the the awareness on social media. Interesting. So you're a man on the go and (laughs) a man of action, we would say. And it seems like from what you just explained to me with you connecting people, even that you'd say it's a minor impact, but we don't know what the residual benefits are down the road. Yeah. Like you said, like yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe like you said, people are when they work together are greater than the sum of their parts. And absolutely, they can produce things that it's tough to measure. Really, it's really difficult to measure the impact you're having in that because it might happen a year down the road. But again, yeah. it wouldn't happen had they not connected in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you never know what could come out out of each of these 
connections that you're making through the community. I mean, that's how, you know, there are so many groups now that bring together scientists from so many different sort of fields of expertise that otherwise would not have gotten together, right? Not because they don't think it's important. It's just because they may not have the means or the spaces to come together with others. But when you bring them together and then you say, all right, we got to brainstorm on how to solve this problem. And you have one scientist on one field and another scientist from another field, and they both are working together to solve that problem. That's beautiful, right? And that could be something as, as, as simple as, you know, maybe fixing a local problem in your community to things as complex as developing a vaccine or solving for climate change, right? And I'm not saying that HR people are doing this, but they may be doing it in a different way. You know, maybe you bring together somebody from, which we do, uh, somebody from one continent, from the Pacific Asian region with somebody from the Americas. And when we bring them together, they are like, oh, we're dealing with the same challenges. What if, what if we talk about this and see how we can build better for more and better employee experience and more inclusive and diverse organizations. And when you bring them together through their discussions that they wouldn't have had otherwise, they are creating something that will be positively impacting those groups. And, and that to me is beautiful. I don't, I don't know if they will change the world tomorrow, but at least I know that even if it's for the 100 employees of the one company and the 500 employees of another company, even if it's just for that, they are making a difference. And that, that matters. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It does. So Enrique, you're connecting people, you're organizing events, you're bringing things together, you're creating content. We're the professionally speaking podcast. We're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about speaking and communication here. How, how do you find communication? How important would you say it is in your day to day? Oh, it's fundamental. Uh, in 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 every in every sense of the word, without without being effective at communicating our message, we would have nothing, and that means that we have to be very effective in communicating with the people who are more actively participating in our community. You know, the speakers that we bring on board and whatnot. But at the same time, when things happen, right? Just you know, here in the United States. The Supreme Court just uh, overturned Roe v. Wade, and it's, it has been difficult for our country. It has been chaotic in our country uh, over the past couple of weeks. We knew this was going to happen, by the way, uh, with this Supreme Court. But over the past couple of weeks, we've been communicating a lot about inclusion, diversity, because we want to make sure that people know that even when things seem to be so, when they are so dark you know, there's light and we will do better. We're in a journey to create a better world. So even sharing that kind of messaging during times of crisis, even that is, it's really important. So I find communication to be the key of all things that we do. And especially because our community is mostly online, all of the things that we do are online. So we have to be even more mindful, active, and uh, effective with using communication tools to keep the community engaged to keep the community active, to keep the community participating and informed. It's an interesting thought, the fact that when you're communicating to someone in person or even virtual like this, it's much different than when you're sending an email or posting or creating content. You're not exactly sure how it's going to be received. And I know some people, some of my clients, they'll spend better part of a day just mulling over an email, not sure on the right wording on how to how to send it. But but hacking HR, you you do a great job, Enrique. Did you find you always had a great 
kind of a, a knack for communicating and connecting with people? Or is it something you refined and developed over the years? I think it's been a little bit of both. I think, you know, I, I like talking with people and I like, I like learning from them. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of a knack in there for that. So you, you got to have a little bit of, uh, of I don't want to say necessarily passion for it, but at least openness to the power of communication and using it properly. But there's there's been a lot of evolution in, in not only my personal journey and professional journey, but also in hacking HR. I mean, maybe you look back at the things that we were doing back in 2017 and, you know, the content and the writing and the way we express things now is significantly different because of that evolution. And by the way, we don't get it right all the time, you know, talking about people mulling over, you know, the same email or the same stuff over and over again. I remember this may have happened, you know, like about a month ago, we posted something on, on our LinkedIn channel and somebody calls us out for it because we use ableist language in the, uh, in the sort of in the, in the post. Mm. And this person called us out for it. I could have done two things. I could have taken down the post. I could have deleted what that person said. And what I did was I responded to them and I said, thank you so much because we are in a journey of learning. I We didn't know about this. We're going to do much better next time. I'm not going to take down the post. I'm going to keep it here. And I want people to read this comment. I want them to know that we are also on a journey of learning. We don't want to fake it till we make it. We don't want to <laughs> gaslight anybody. We want to tell everybody we make mistakes too. And even, even when we think, when I think we have been in, a, in an evolution of the way we say things and, and whatnot. So that to me matters a lot, right? That we acknowledge when we we say something that maybe the words are not proper or maybe there are new words that better express what we were trying to say. And the previous words may have been sort of exclusive or not diverse and, and whatnot. So it's, it's not that we're doing it on purpose or, or, or trying to insult anybody. It's just that we didn't know and, mm-hmm. and we learned. So that is part of this communication journey in which we are. We, we have a knack for it because we've, we're very passionate for it. But at the same time, we say we're in, a, we're in a journey of learning here. And sometimes we post something and I, I, and I know for myself, oh, this post may create a little bit of you know, controversy, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, like uh, it's not conflict, right? It's, it's just like bringing people to, to discuss their different opinions about the one topic that we are sharing. And, and that's part of the world. We're not, we don't think the same, the same way. And we want to make sure that people feel that in our community, they have a space to express themselves, even when we, when they don't agree with us or when we don't agree with them. That's part of this communication journey. Right. Another attribute, which you clearly have and hacking HR has, that's, I would say fundamental. And I, I always tell my clients this along with effective communication skills, you must be self-reflective, especially in our world is constantly changing and, and yeah. evolving. And, and we need to change and evolve with it, right? So yeah. you said that you had an option of what to do in that situation. There's some people who wouldn't have chosen what you've chosen. Yeah. Everyone, uh, I find the more self-reflective you are, the more prosperous, the more successful, the more, I guess, like ultimately happy you will be in the long run, more fulfilled because yeah. you'll realize this is who I am. This is where I stand. This is where I'm going. This is, you're just more aware rather than kind of operating on autopilot. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And in fact, as we are recording this uh, 
podcast this morning. We posted on our uh, Hacking Network channel on LinkedIn something about what happens when people say something that is not inclusive or diverse and whatnot. And we said a lot of things in that post, but one of the things that we said was that you, you have to want to learn in order to evolve, right? If you say something and you have a, like Stephen Covey said in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People many years ago, if you have a, if you have an emotional bank account that has a lot of deposits of trust in there and you say something that may not be proper, people will say, you know what, Enrique is on a journey and we're, you know, we're, we're not going to give him a pass. We're going to call that out, but we know he didn't do it on purpose, right? But I'm going to have to want to learn to say, wow, Ryan, I didn't know about that. Thank you so much for calling that out. I think going forward, we're going to have to use different words, you know, different ways to, to convey this message so that it's inclusive and diverse and, and, and whatnot. The worst thing that can happen is, number one, that your emotional bank account is low in deposits where people say like, you know, Enrique over and over and over again is making the same mistakes. So this guy doesn't want to learn, you know, he he's doing it on purpose to hurt people. Mm. Right. And so that, that could happen. And number two, that people are calling you out and are telling you, Enrique, that is not the right way to do this or do that. And you continue to do the same, to make the same mistake just because you don't want to learn, just because you're so into your own ways that you think they are right. You have this sort of cognitive bias that is making you think that what you know is 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 what what is and to me this is important communication because it's if you don't want to learn really doesn't matter how much people are calling you out for something and and it doesn't even matter how much you're mulling over an email before you're sending it out if you make a mistake you're gonna say ah, forget about that who cares uh you know you, you you just do it again the following time and and that's part of this communication journey yeah and it's amazing sorry you just sparked a thought in in me and <laughs> you and I both work with people, how many people, if you ask them, are you open to learning? Are you interested in learning something new or leveling up your skills? They'll be like, yes, of course. Yeah, I'm always open. But then when the time comes, some people you find are a little bit more closed-minded, like they realize yeah. throughout the process than, than they thought they were, because sometimes yeah. learning takes different different forms, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And, and it happens very often that, you know, you, you try to find out why that is, and it's not it's not only that people are like you know so uh, so entrenched in their ways it's just that they are so afraid of having to get out of that trench into mm. a world that they don't know and it's like it's like throwing michael jordan to play baseball you know it's like well you know you're the best basketball player in the world but you're not that good in baseball you know it's like you're throwing somebody in a world that is so different for them that they don't know if they will be able to respond and to perform in that world and that is okay you know i i think we have to tell people it's okay that if you get out of those trenches and you are exposed to new territory you are in a in a journey of in a journey of learning you are equipping yourself with new tools that you didn't need or had when you were in those trenches and that is okay we're all in that kind of journey so being afraid is okay being paralyzed by fear that's what's not okay because if you're paralyzed by fear you will remain in that trench and therefore you're going to continue to behave in the same way you will continue to say the same things even if they are insulting for other people and you find it very often in the world of diversity equity and inclusion right when you tell somebody you know, hey, hey, Enrique, you know, you're using these words. You, you have this behavior. Like, for example, I have an accent. I, am, I wasn't born in the United States. I was born in Venezuela. So I have an accent. When somebody makes a comment of like, oh, you, your English is great. 
I'm like, you know, that's a microaggression. I mean, you, you don't have to say, no, nobody's, no, nobody's asking you to say that. And people are like, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to flatter you. I'm trying to, to, to tell you that you have a great accent or, 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 or a compliment. And I'm like, yeah, but that maybe I don't care, which is true. I don't really care when people say that thing to me, but others do care. So maybe you should not say it anymore. And some people are like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like I didn't, I didn't think that that was, uh, that that was insulting or anything, but some other people are like, no, that can be insulting. It was a very light touch, positive comment. And I'm like, that's being entrenched in your way. Because if you got out of that trench and you saw how that make makes people feel, maybe you will say, I, I shouldn't say this anymore, or I should be mindful about the audience to which I'm saying it because some people may not be, may not find it as a joke, which I do. I think it's a joke and I love it by the way, when people say that, but some others are not like that. And so even those little things, they, they can become such a, such a, uh, an element of, of controversy and, and conflict just because those who, whom we're asking to change may not want to get out of the trench and say, all right, what language, what different behaviors I have to learn in order to be more inclusive. And if I want to make a joke to be mindful about how I make that joke, right? Even those little things require a lot of, you know, that, that desire from people to learn and to get out of those trenches. And for that, once again, communication is transversal, fundamental is cornerstone to, to, uh, to making it happen effectively. That's interesting. What an interest, an interesting thought you went on there. I'm still processing. I'm sure our listeners <laughs> are thinking about it too. It's a new way to look at it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back from what you asked before, right? The evolution of communication. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's all about, uh, it's all about that, that evolution. It's all about, you know, I mean, there are words that we used that we, we use today that we didn't use to, uh, to use in the past uh, because they are part of that evolution. There are words that we used in the past that we should not use today anymore because they are not proper anymore. Maybe they weren't even proper before, but we never studied or researched the impact that those words had in, in some people, in some diverse groups of people. So that, that's all part of the evolution. And not being aware and open-minded to that is being in the trenches, just in there all the time with the same skills, the same behaviors that got you in the first place to those trenches, but won't get you to the, you know, to the next level, so to speak. So, right. yeah. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Enrique, I know your time's valuable here. So I, we just got one final question for you. And we ask this to all of our guests. If someone with your experience now and your expertise, if you were sitting down with a student just graduated college, university, they're thinking about a career in HR, but they're not quite sure, but they, they feel like they want to go in that direction. And they ask you for some advice. What would you tell them? Oh, that's a good question. I think I, I would begin by asking them why they want to get in HR, right? And, and it's the same question that, by the way, I would ask anybody into any uh, profession, you know, why do you want to do this? And I, and, and I say that just because sometimes, you know, you get a, an outsider perception of what a profession is. And when you get into it, it's like, you know, wait a second. I mean, it, this is not exactly what I thought it was. So I, I would begin by asking, you know, why do you want to get into this? And if it's for the right reasons, I would say, go for it. And I, and I would probably say this one thing that I would say to everybody else, make sure that in your learning journey, you are learning a lot of stuff, even if they don't seem to have anything to do with the world in which you're getting 
yourself into. So if you're getting yourself into the world of HR and you have the opportunity to learn a little bit of engineering, a little bit of a philosophy, a little bit of a ecology, do it. Because you never know when those dots will connect further down the road. You never know. Maybe 10 years from now, you will remember, like, for example, me, you know, like I, there are books that I read 20 years ago when I was in a school. And even today, I remember some passages of those books and I connect those dots with something that I'm doing today. I never thought that taking a class on philosophy, you know, 20 years ago was going to have anything to do with my work today. And it, it does, but I didn't see that, you know, like that back when I was doing this before or when I was learning that before. So to me, it's like, if you have the opportunity to learn from different fields of expertise, even if they don't have to do seemingly, they don't have to do anything with your one field of expertise, still learn those things because those dots will eventually converge down the road in one way or another. And that will be very, very, very valuable. Very valuable. That's a powerful message. Powerful message. Enrique, thank you so much for coming on today and for giving us some of your time. The last word here, I'll hand it over to you for the last word. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? I, I think we, you know, we had a great conversation. I hope they they walk away with good tips and and I would say and I said this at the beginning of our conversation, make sure that not only are you becoming more aware of the things that are happening in the world, the new words, the new language, the new ways of communication, but more importantly, that you're taking action because just awareness. I mean, we are aware of so many things right now, but they still are happening because we're not taking enough action. So now we need to really move from awareness to action. And that's, that's what I tell people. If some of these tips made sense for you in one way or another. Don't just leave them in your mind as a, as more awareness. Make sure that you act on them, that you do something about them. Great message. And Enrique, our listeners out there who who want to get in touch with you or want to learn more about hacking HR, they want to get involved. What can they do? Where can they go? They can go to my LinkedIn page, Enrique Rubio. They can contact me via email, Enrique at hackinghr.io or go to the website, hackinghr.io and go to our LinkedIn Hacking HR page, a Hacking HR, and you will find not only how to contact us, but all a lot of information in there as well. Excellent. That's excellent. All right, folks. So that does it for this episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast with Enrique Rubio from Hacking HR. Grab your copy of The Effective Presenter. It's available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And to all our listeners out there, we wish you success in your future speaking endeavors. 